This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. We're now two weeks away from UFC 285. John Jones versus Surreal Gone. We'll break that down in our final segment of the show. Welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network with Jake and Brendan. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Uh, are you a conspiracy guy, BT? Are you like a Loch Ness Monster, Aliens, Crop Circles kind of guy? You mean am I a facts guy? Yup. Okay. <laughs> yes. My man. I knew I liked you for a reason. All right. So there's definitely some sort of... Uh, funky business going on. But what about in our world? What about in the world of MMA? I'm going to throw out a conspiracy theory. You tell me if you believe in it or not. Uh, remember a few years ago when Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor stepped into a boxing ring. It went, how far did it go? Nine rounds? Nine rounds. And it went a while. Nine? All I remember is that I kept saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Conor's hanging around with them. In the first couple of rounds, I think you could argue Conor took at least two early on. Uh do you believe that at any point Floyd could have ended that fight? Oh man! So are you asking me? Do I think Floyd was carrying him? Like, is that is that your 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 conspiracy here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think that do you think that because it was going to make more money and people were going to go ooh and ah that Floyd decided to uh, play with his food? Somewhat. I think Floyd's a very smart fighter, and I think that they all knew that Conor McGregor was going to gas out because that's usually what Conor does, and fighting 10 rounds at that pace is is a lot different, and Conor looked pretty gas after four rounds. So, yes, yes, kind of. I, I don't think that he was completely carrying him and that like they was, you know, holding back. I think that it was strategic and that he got to a point um, – you know, because I feel like Connor probably could have taken more. when the fight was stopped. It's not like Connor was going to get face planted. I felt like the ref did stop in because you know he's like, oh, "This guy's an MMA guy. Let's be a little bit careful." They were already being pretty tight with Connor with some of the hammer fist stuff. So uh, no, I don't think that Floyd could have knocked him out whenever he wanted. But I do think it was by design to let it go a little bit longer. You say face plant. I saw Tyron Woodley get face planted <laughs> by Jake Paul. A lot of people think because Jake Paul's got such deep pockets and because he wants to build a name for himself that he basically paid off Tyron Woodley to take a dive. Which side do you want? I feel like if I say that, that I am uh, trying to cover up for me just being loud wrong. Absolutely. But... That's what you're going to do. By the way, right when the, we were doing a show, and I remember Brendan said, oh, there's no way that Tyron no way. Woodley ends up getting knocked out. It can't happen. Actually, I think actually what you said was Tyron Woodley's probably going to knock out Jake Paul. So... What's the thing that you you asked me? Said if somebody's going to knock out, I remember the segment. You said if somebody's going to get knocked out tonight, who's it going to be? 
And That's I right. said that it's obviously going to be Woodley getting uh, to knock out Jake Paul. There's no way I thought that Jake Paul was going to knock him out. And honestly, if you do look at it, why did he lower his head, his hands? It makes no sense. That entire fight, he was fighting it safe. It was. It didn't even look close. And then all of a sudden, just right down, whoop, just big right hand and puts him out. That one makes a lot more sense than your Connor one, I got to say. No, they're, they're about to call you Charmin or Angel Soft because you're covering your butt right now. You know damn well that Jake Paul – yeah, you're right what you said. The, the fight was pretty boring. But at this point, I think the Jake Paul conspiracy theorists need to be quiet. Like, what else are you going to say? At this point, you thought that he wasn't going to beat Nate Robinson. You thought that it was funny business against Ben Askren. You thought that it was funny business against Tyron Woodley 1, Tyron Woodley 2. You might not like him, but if at this point, you're just not giving him credit because you're hate. I agree with that. I think that people uh, – you're, you're, I think the thing that is impressive about Jake Paul is he does certainly look like he trains very hard. Um, he definitely seems like he – he doesn't look like he doesn't know what he's doing when he's in there. You know, like I've seen some of these YouTubers who go in there. They're, you know, it's awful showcases all the time. And so I, I definitely think that he looks competent enough to go against guys who have made their living in combat sports and that you should give him some credit. But he's not going to get credit by the boxing community. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're, they're sticklers. It's like, it, you, here's, here's the order of sports sticklers. There's baseball Hall of Fame writers and then boxing media. And it's like, though, that's your level of stick in the muds. We'll never give anybody credit for anything. So this is a conspiracy theory that came out of my living room. I made this one up myself. All right. But I think I'm onto something here. Before I tell you who it is, once Dana is done, whether Dana is no longer the head of the UFC next year, 10 years or 50 years down the line, do you think there's anybody in place that you've kind of thought of before that maybe could fill his shoes? Have you ever thought of that? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the guy who I think would be a great would be pretty good at it would be DC. I think Daniel Cormier would be really good at it as far as like promoting okay, so being the, the face of it for both guys. I, I think that he'd be good at it. I think Chael Sonnen would be good at it. Um, you know, I think those those are the types of guys you want. You're really charismatic former fighters. So he has told us before that he basically has handpicked who the next guy is going to be, but he's never said who it is. Funny enough, those two names that you just brought up, I think make the most sense. They've already been in the promotion. They're very skilled with the tongue. They're both very smart, articulate, and all these different things. So absolutely, I think it could work with either one of them. Let me throw one out there. I know this is just completely nuts, and you're just going to tell me how stupid it is. But hear me out before you do. All right. What about Ariel Helwani? I know that they have huge beef. I know that there's no way he turns it over to him. But have you ever seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? I'm sure they showed that to you in, in yes. fifth grade or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Remember how that worked? That basically Charlie had to go through and pass all the tests, right? That he had to go through all the things and everybody else failed along the way. Don't you think that maybe Dana's been really harsh on Ariel because he's just wondered if he could pass the test? And then at the end, oh. he gets to ride off into that weird elevator that didn't have a ceiling and I don't know where they went. All I'm saying is at the end, you don't think Ariel can get the chocolate factory? I'm not saying Ariel Hawani couldn't do Dana White's job, but uh, as far as like promoting the fights, I mean, hell, like he's one of the better promoters of the sport out there for sure. I think Dana White would rather sell off the UFC to whomever <laughs> and shut down shop before he gave the keys over to Ariel Hawani. What the hell were you smoking today? 
Well, again, Willie gave uh, Willie. Is that his name? Willie? No. Yeah, Willie. It was his factory. Willie Wonka. Never made Willie Wonka you cry. Say, if you don't say Willie Wonka in full, I just realize and just call him Willie. It sounds really weird. Like if it was just Willie and Charlie, I feel like you need to give their names anyway. You're saying he doesn't get the chocolate factory. That's fine. Um, conspiracy theory. Anderson Silva took a dive against Chris Weidman at 162. Nah, I don't think so. I th- a lot of people thought that uh, he, you know, had this whole thing where he was a little bit tired of being on top, and that there was that relief and whatnot. But no, I think that I think that he was one of these guys that just thought, no, I can play with this guy and do my antics, and I'm never going to get beat. And uh, no, I don't think that was a. Uh, I don't think that was a dive. No, that's one of those moments. I will say one of the top five moments where. I had to jump off my couch. Well, I've got a lazy boy, but I had to jump off of it. It happened with Juliana Pena and Amanda. It happened with Connor and Nate One. It happened with back in the day with um, Alistair Overeem and Brock. Like it doesn't happen that often, but that was that to me was one of those where it was just I guess you- so unexpected. I do remember doing like shows in the aftermath of that. I do remember a lot of people thinking that. Not that Anderson took a dive, but that he beat himself in a lot of ways because of how little respect he... Oh, he definitely he, beat himself. 1,000% he beat himself. Yeah, how little respect he gave Chris Weidman. But no, I think Weidman... Weidman, first of all... Yeah, I just think Weidman put it on him. And, and that's on that's on Anderson. If he wanted to go defend that way, then... You know, big mistake. Not a not, not taking a dive or a conspiracy in that. Imagine that level of fighting, getting locked in there with the trained killer. And just putting your hands behind your back and sticking your chin out. Like, what are you doing, dude? I know that you're the great Spider Silva. <laughs> Unbelievable that that would actually happen. And I love the entertainment aspect of it. Like, I loved when, uh, you know, we saw Nick Diaz against Anderson Silva just sit out in the middle of the octagon. Again, it's like, bro, I, I don't know if I would do that. It's fun to watch, but might not work great for you. Um, the most recent, I would say, conspiracy theory at UFC 279 yeah, Hamzad Shemaev was supposed to take on Nate Diaz, and then Hamzad missed weight by a million pounds. A lot of people think that the card wasn't selling great, so they need to shake it up a little bit. So they ended up having Hamzad fight on the undercard so Nate could win. He did. He fought Tony Ferguson. Do you buy in any of that? No, I didn't buy into any of that, and I really didn't understand it because I felt like that they had too much invested in Hamzat, and the whole point of it was to see was this going to be that big of a slaughter you know like I didn't think that putting him up against Kevin Holland and giving Nate Diaz a more favorable matchup I don't feel like that sold anything better certainly made more compelling matches when we let up and you know well I guess we were off at that time but it certainly made more compelling matchups but I don't think that they were sell better I think the whole freak show element of that fight was the sell that I can't believe they're doing Nate like this, that they're sending him out of the company to go get killed by Hamzat. Um, no, I just think Hamzat didn't make weight and that they went the direction of uh, him fighting, you know, Kevin Holland because, you know, they had a little bit of a beef. It made sense. He became a heel though, right? Hamzat like ultimately went from being. Oh yeah. Likeable. to becoming a guy that I don't know if he gets booed next time. He probably does. I bet next time he makes the walk, he gets booed. Um, a lot of people think that Dominic Reyes beat John Jones. Do you buy into that? Is that a conspiracy or is that just your opinion? I think there's, well, I guess it's more my opinion. I actually think John won the fight, but there's a lot of people that tell me Dominic Cruz did. I'm sorry, Dominic Reyes. 
Um, I get it. I thought that there's definitely an argument. That's one of those where it's it's very similar to last week, where I think it's uh, you know, you're taking on the great John Jones, the underdog has this great performance. We feel like he should get the nod, and it felt like almost very boxing, like you know, the uh the champion gets the uh the favorable scorecards in that one. So um I don't think that like it was corruption. I didn't feel like the judges gave John uh the nod. I just think that this is a hard sport to judge and um you know, John got the got the got the rub that night, but I don't feel like the fix was in. For the record, I don't love it, but I also have no problem with it. Like, if there's a close fight, giving the edge to the champion, basically, if you're going to dethrone the champion, you really got to beat him. You either have to knock him out, sub him, or it has to be a very convincing win. And if it's close, that's the benefit of the champion. And again, I know that's not necessarily fair, and the judges all see it a little bit different. But if it's a close fight like that, and he's John Jones, and he's defended the belt a handful of times already at that point. To me, if you're going to take it from him, you really have to take it from him. And that wasn't enough from Dominic Reyes. I think, yeah, and and to swing it back to last week, I think that's one of the things that kind of annoyed people with Islam's defense of his title was that, you know, he kind of ran out the clock, it felt like, in that fourth round. Like, you know, it was a beautiful takedown, don't get me wrong, but like, okay, great, you can hold him here and you can just, but you're not doing anything. You clearly can't get uh, a submission to choke him out. And he's, you know, basically, you know, we're just at a standstill here and he's punching you in the back of the head. And it almost felt like at some point Islam basically gave up trying to get the submission. So what do we do with that? Like, how do you, we're just, because they are trying to go away from and scoring fights. Like, you can't just lay on top of a guy and run out the clock and win fights like they're really trying to snuff that out in the sport this is not him you know he's obviously got his back in the situation so it's a little bit different but you know it does leave a little bit of an empty feeling where one round like how do we score one guy has you control from his back the entire time but really can't do anything with you and then the other fight he's he's wailing on you he's taking you down and those are the same in this sport it's tough i've got the answer you want the answer i got it for you sure open scoring Open scoring. Just let us know what's going on because if I'm right and it was 2-2 two to two going into the fifth round, then those judges must have not been watching the fight if they don't think that Volkanovski took the fifth round. Just watch the last two minutes of it when Islam was on his back. So all I'm saying is there's no reason. In fact, let me ask you this. What is the counter argument? Like why do we – if the only counter – the only thing I can well, think of is this. That if a guy's up two rounds to zero, that he coast in the third round. Well, a lot of times the guy knows that he's up to zero anyway. So in theory, he could coast. If that's it, you should have open scoring, man. I, I guess the only other argument to that would be that basically what we saw from Islam, like would he try and do that as soon as he gets a lead and just goes to – because he kind of did that anyway. Like he felt like he had a lead. So it felt like he basically just dragged around just to pocket it and make sure that he gets the win. If he knew already that he was up 3-1, how does he go about? Does he even engage in that fifth round? That's the that's the big problem with open scoring. But I think ultimately, I agree with you. I think that the benefits outweigh the uh outweigh the 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 worries, outweigh the downfalls of it. Um that's the only that's the only thing that you gotta worry about though, is, is will we have more guys, especially grapplers, trying to run out the clock if they know that they already have a lead? We're the only sport though. Like every other sport at every other level knows what they need to do to win the game. If they need to come back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Like, it's it's a crazy thing in that we have to rely upon the subjective stuff. Everybody's at a different angle, and it drives a lot of people nuts that we're at that spot, that everybody is uh, is in a place where, you know, what what are they seeing? What is this guy seeing? And then they see a completely different thing every single night. It's the only thing that I can honestly say I hate about the sport. I love everything about it, but I hate the scoring system. It's, I mean, there's – I don't – I wish I had a better solution than open scoring. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to go ahead and put a bow on this thing and tap out of here. We'll give you our thoughts on John Jones and Cyril Gahn, which is now two weeks away, and work our way all the way up and down that card and keep you updated on what's going on right now in Las Vegas. You're locked into the Bet QL Network.